This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Did you know July is hot dog month, Jim? A whole month. Yeah, it, it's hot dog month. And we may be watching history in the making here. This could be a tipping point in an ongoing struggle in everyone's hot dog lives. Um, Heinz, the ketchup company, is speaking out. They're stepping up to the plate. They have decided it is time for hot dogs and buns to be sold in an equal number. Yes. No more of this eight buns, 12 hot dog business. It's a scam. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, because you got leftover buns, and guess what you got to do? Yeah. Got to go buy more hot dogs or vice versa. Mm Mm-hmm. You and know, then it never adds up. You actually have to buy three of each to yeah. make it add up. You you really got to do some math. Two of each. Two of the buns. Ten of, see, look at that. I don't even know how many you have to buy to make it even. Heinz is obviously uh, a big player in the ketchup biz. And they have been touting themselves as the uniter of buns and wieners for over 150 <laughs> years. They have put out a uh, a website called Heinz Hot Dog Pact with the tagline, 10 wieners, 10 buns, it's time. Now, be careful because if you just Google search 10 wiener, wieners, 10 buns, you may uh, get into some trouble at work today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're going to the Heinz Hot Dog Pact website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess uh, this is a good thing. I mean, it's, it's somebody somebody needs to be the first in the industry to speak up on this issue. Yeah, we needed a, a mediator, and Heinz is like the perfect one, right? You know, it, it basically goes on every hot dog. They have the authority. Well, National Hot Dog Month, everyone's a mediator. <laughs> I, I, right? I, I get you. We're I eating the meats. <laughs> There's a petition there as well. So if you're someone who believes that hot dogs and buns should be sold in equal quantities, you can sign that petition. And Heinz will present that to Big Hot Dog and Big Bun at some point. It's time. Metallica Fuel. They're one of the performers at Woodstock 99. And a new documentary is coming out. HBO Max called Woodstock 99. Peace, love, and rage. <laughs> this wasn't Woodstock 69. There is an umbilical cord between the dark, sexual, cultural underbelly in the country at that time to where we are now. The trailer for this documentary makes the festival look like it was an absolute nightmare. So we're wondering from you, the Taz and Jim listeners, if you were there, was it that bad? Dave, were you at Woodstock 99? Unfortunately, so your experience was not a positive one. No, no, it, it was it was absolute chaos. Like it was uh, just for like no shade, no water, no substance. Like the tents were all like if you're tent camping there, the tents were all on top of each other. So everybody's just like walking over everybody's tents, ripping them, taking leaks everywhere. Back the porta potties were flooding out. People were sliding through it. it. It was just it's one of the most disgusting things I've seen over a weekend. And I was like. I was pretty young at the time too. And I was like, "This is this is out of my element." Yeah, is this what concerts are like? <laughs> yeah, I, I drove from Banff. I drove from Banff to go there all the way to Rome, New York. Oh my God! So you were trapped there, basically. Yeah, it was, it was the worst. Yeah. Was like, the worst. If you wanted to leave, were you even able to? 
No, because I, I had four other five other people. I lost them for a whole day too. It's <laughs> my motorhome. I drove down there too, and uh, and I got on a bus and they took me out of town. It wasn't where my camper was, and I was with like eight people I didn't know. It was just it was just, it was just all all around terrible. What was the low point? Um, like the fires were in that back. So I, so I was like, okay, now it's time to go. So I kind of enjoyed the fires, like at the end with the chili peppers, because I was like, oh, we got to go now. That's, that's right. I do remember the fires, and the Chili Peppers did a cover of Jimi Hendrix's Fire yeah. on stage as those fires were raging. But did you see, like, towers getting toppled and people getting Everything. taken away by ambulance? Oh, yeah, and everybody was, like, uh, lighting the trailers on fire and stealing all the merchandise and Jeez. everything and ripping the walls down and all the wooden painted walls. And- did your motorhome survive unscathed? Oh, it was beautiful. It's, it's, it was beautiful. I was, I was out of there, and, like, no uh, scars to it. Yeah, that was the way to go. It wouldn't want to be in a in a tent or just have a sleeping bag. The motorhome no. was key. No. Uh, anyway, best musical ever. performance. I mean, there had to be a positive. What was what was the best part of Woodstock '99? Um, whew. I guess we saw. Well, I don't know. We saw Willie Nelson up front. There wasn't many people because everybody was sleeping still. So it was first thing in the morning on the Sunday. <laughs> I didn't expect you to say Willie Nelson. Yeah, man, you did I. I don't know why I can't think of it right now, but uh, yeah. Yeah, a little more mellow than corn, right? Yeah. Metallica put on a good show on the Saturday night, like they always do, though. But. Yeah, so the early morning wake and bake with Willie Nelson was the best part of Woodstock 99 for you. About right, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, we're glad you survived. Thanks for calling in and sharing. Right on, man. Water it was four dollars a bottle, which is a ridiculous cost. The porta potties unusable. You had kids rolling around in what they thought was mud. Oh, gross! Come on. <laughs> Talking this new documentary. Uh, it's going to be on HBO Max. Woodstock '99: Peace, Love, and Rage. It looks like it was a terrible, terrible time at Woodstock 99. In an environment where exploiting women, you could get away with it. You could feel something bubbling. In pop culture, there's this dark energy coming from young white males that entertainment is perpetuating. Was it that bad? We're talking to Taz and Jim listeners who were there. Uh, Brooke, you went to the festival. I did. And was it fun as a woman? What was it like to be there? It was awesome. You had a great time. I, I did. We had a wonderful time. Um, obviously, there was lots of alcohol and whatever else. And I walked to the store daily to get more booze. Um, it was it was great. Lots of walking. This documentary looks makes it look like it was a very misogynistic event, and it wasn't a safe place for women to be. Did you feel like that? No, not at all. What about all the poo? That was gross. <laughs> Best musical performance? Um, Green Day and maybe Corn. They were awesome. Yeah, I think Green Day, they put on an iconic show, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And then Chili Peppers sent them out with like a whole ball of flames, so that was awesome too. But no, I we had a great time. We went with a bunch of people, so we felt safe. And then I heard stories after, and I I didn't see any of that. It was weird. Well, you will in this documentary, I feel. Yeah, I'm curious. I want to watch it. We've got Tyler here. Tyler, you also went to Woodstock 99. I did. I was 13 years old. 13? Who did you go with? My dad took me, my cousin, and another friend. It was fantastic. I bet. It was an eye-opener. 
That was, was my introduction to rock and roll, let me tell you. Yeah, I guess you're never the same after that. Uh, no, I guess not, but in a good way. Did your dad regret bringing you, or did he feel like you guys were pretty safe the whole no, time you were at the concert? We were in good shape. He had a, a van that he had borrowed from a friend, a nice hippie van with the carpets on the walls. We uh, we were sleeping in style. Okay. And what, as a 13-year-old, through 13-year-old eyes, what was the best part of Woodstock 99? Oh, well, the hip. Yes. The hip played. The Canadian flags came out of nowhere. There must have been thousands of them up in the air. It was fantastic. Limp Bizkit put on a great show. Corn was great. At the end, when things started to get a little rowdy and burning things down, everything was so expensive. Me being a 13-year-old kid, people were giving me free water, free pizza. I got free T-shirts. <laughs> they were, they at what point did dad summer. say maybe it's time to leave kids get in the van we're out of here right? was it when the fires were raging was he still like this is cool we did miss the chili peppers i, I think my dad pulled the shoot uh, at the right time but, yeah uh, it looked a lot worse on tv watching it when we got home that's for sure joe exotic thinks he's getting out of prison soon um we know this because he has posted a contest on his website. Hmm. Yeah, if you go to joeexoticusa.com, you can enter the Bachelor King Contest. <laughs> Win a chance to start a romantic life with Joe Exotic. Win? Win or, yeah, maybe a loser should get that. <laughs> uh, we saw what happened to his uh, last boyfriend, and uh, uh, it didn't work out so great for them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if being in a relationship with Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin is more detrimental to your health. <laughs> True. But either way, <laughs> your odds aren't great. Yeah. Men interested in being Joe's next romance have to be 18 years old. They have to fill out an application. The top three winners will receive a three-night, four-day, all-inclusive paid getaway <laughs> with Joe Exotic once he's released from prison. Oh, my God. I just clicked on the application form. Uh-huh. Uh, here's some of the options. Okay, your full name, email, blah, blah, blah. Are you out of the closet? Uh-huh. Height, weight, waist size, shoe size, where do you live, Favorite movie, three favorite restaurants, where would you like to live, do you like animals, your you favorite answer type yes of music, on that one, yeah, yeah, do you like the ocean, because that's where he'll bury you. Favorite type of music, I love country music that is performed by a true country artist and then lip synced by a <laughs> scam artist who runs a tiger yeah. zoo. And all the lyrics have to be about tigers. Any song about tigers is my favorite type of music. Uh, uh, oh, here's another question. Are you okay with being in front of the camera and in the spotlight? Oh yeah, the whole thing is going to be filmed for TV. Yeah. Like, he's not just looking for for love here. And the pictures that he's using on the on the website, they've got to be at least 20 years old. <laughs> Shirtless. The glamour shots, yeah. the Joe Exotic glamour shots. Played on the side. And I, I know what you're thinking. Hold on. I've always wanted to be in a romantic relationship with Joe Exotic, but I thought he was taken. That's the only thing that's been holding me back. <laughs> well, uh, spokespeople for Joe say... That his current marriage may not continue. Oh, no. After all that has happened. Well, Buddy got his teeth fixed. Did you see that? Remember that his his, la- his last husband... Right. Well, did, he had two or three husbands at once. Well, his one husband, unfortunately, ended his life right. in front of the co-workers. And the other guy... And the camera. Yeah. And then the other guy... He got his teeth fixed. Yeah. 
And I think they broke up, but then he had oh. it at the end of the series, he had the third husband. Oh, that's right. The younger guy. The y- yeah. So I think that's the relationship that's coming to an end here. Man, Joe Exotic cannot catch a break. He's going through them, that's for sure. <laughs> the Bachelor King Contest. Joe Exotic <laughs> getting out of prison. That show should be hosted by Bill Cosby. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there's the... All the scumbags on one program. Uh, yeah, there's the comeback uh, break that, that Cosby's been looking for as well. Mm-hmm. If you want to enter joeexoticusa.com I'd like to see a sitcom uh, about the woman who ruined the Tour de France with the, the sign on the side of the oh, road. Oh man. You see her with her, her big sign and knocked uh, all the riders off their bikes. Ruined it for everybody. Truly, truly. The biggest screw up ever. But doesn't it sound like she should be friends with this lady? Woman arrested for allegedly shooting Olympic torch with a water gun. <laughs> This one was on purpose, even worse. Uh-huh. Yeah. What happened, Jim? Well, they were in Japan, and it was like the final leg of the Olympic torch run, and there was a guy at night running down the street. You know, everybody's celebrating. It's such an amazing moment. And this lady pulls out a handheld water gun. Way too small, by the way. This thing probably couldn't have sprayed out a birthday candle. It was like a little pistol, and she started spraying it at the uh, at, at the, the Olympic torch. torch. And the whole thing about the torch is... Uh, that it's the fl- eternal flame. Yeah, that flame is not supposed to be extinguished and then it until the olympics is over because it lights the big flame at, at yeah. the games right and if it goes out awful omen for the future of the games right so you don't want it to go out security eventually <laughs> grabbed her stopped her uh i don't know exactly what her cause was but she was chanting no olympics stop the games I don't know exactly what her problem was but it sounds like it, it was a protest but this olympic torch it's not just like um a piece of cloth on fire. It's a. It's like a bic lighter, a giant bic lighter. It's, it's got fuel yeah. going in there, so it's hard to put out. Yeah, you need. Uh, I know we were talking water guns during the the heat spell earlier this week, but you'd need uh, a substantial super soaker to even stand a chance. Yeah. I, I'd assume putting out the Olympic torch. It could have been scarier. Like, what if you just put some sort of high test whiskey or like gasoline in a water gun or something like that, and then you just started spraying it at the torch because then the runner. You know, would drop it, uh-huh. and then it would more likely go out. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> but seeing the a photo, can of WD forty <laughs> or hairspray. Yeah, just seeing the photo and somebody pointing. I know it's a plastic gun, but it looks scarier than really what it ended up being. But it could have been worse. She was pretty close, like like six feet away. Wow. Yeah. If only she had that lady's sign. Wasn't that wasn't that lady's sign eight feet long? Yeah, Tour de France lady would have clotheslined the runner. And the thing would have rolled into a river. Good thing it didn't. The runner was a seventy-seven-year-old man. Oh boy, who was carrying the torch to the finish line, and uh, and he was able to keep it together and make it there. Out of boy, in one piece. Atta, yeah, way to go, seventy-seven-year-old running man. <laughs> Tampa wins back-to-back Stanley Cups. And I love this sort of thing. I love after the win, the boys cut loose. They start giving her, celebrating their accomplishment. But uh, Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is still with us. And, Dev, you've taken issue with one of the press conferences after the game last night, one player in particular. Nikita Kucherov. Uh, you know, I, I, I understand he was uh, feeling good. He was pounding beers. 
He took his shirt off. If I'm the PR staff, I'm maybe holding him back uh-huh. and saying, hey, hey, Nikki, uh, maybe hold off on the beers or we'll let you have the beers. Maybe you talk a little bit later. Don't drink and talk at the same and time. And the guy just won the Stanley Cup, though. What's wrong with Repeated. that? I'd like to see these guys having fun. Oh, so why smack talk to you? I'm having a great day. I can just blame it on the beer. You're not going to be pissed. I can say anything I want. Let's play some of the audio here. Here's Kucherov talking about the goaltending and specifically how he feels that Tampa goalie Vasilevsky keeps getting robbed. I, I, I don't know what to say. Back to back and yeah, I, I couldn't sleep for three nights. You know, and to be able to win this game is huge. Wasi was outstanding. MVP. I was telling him every day, Wasi, you MVP. You, you're the best player. And then they gave it to whatever the guy in Vegas, the Vezina. <laughs> and then last year they, they gave Vezina to somebody else. Number one bull. Number one bull. Wasi took both cups. You know, and he took MVP and I was keep telling him he's MVP. He's the guy that he's the best. Another shout out for, by him. Remarkable. Can't even tell more. What's wrong with pumping up his teammate, Devin? Show a little respect for Mark Andre Fleury. If you disagree, you can disagree, but don't pretend you don't know Who? the guy's name. <laughs> Oh, what's his name in Vegas, you mean? I'd like to I'd like to point out that Andre Vasilevsky won the Vesna trophy in twenty nineteen as well. So it's not like he's being blackballed from the Vesna. He is widely viewed as the best goalie in the NHL. So he doesn't win one trophy, and you are this, like, butthurt? Like, calm down. Huh. What's his name on it in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he is drinking those beers. He's chugging back the Bud Lights pretty good. Okay, uh, he went on to talk about his disdain for fans in Montreal. I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted, the fans in Montreal, come on. They acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? John Romano, they're, Tampa they're, Bay Times. Their final was last last series. I can't believe I'm about to defend Montreal fans, but that's BS. Like, <laughs> you're telling me if the Lightning weren't down three games to none and you won game four, your fans wouldn't have celebrated hardcore? I think they would have. Probably not. We can compare how they how they celebrated when both teams made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. I didn't hear a uh, one blip on the radar about Tampa fans going crazy, but the Montreal riots were making news. That's even worse because you're almost like the Ottawa Senators of Florida, where how easy is it to get a ticket in Tampa Bay to see the Lightning play all the time? How many times have you heard of someone from Canada going down to see a hockey game, to see the Leafs play in particular, and you can get a game easy. There's no trouble getting a ticket in Tampa Bay, and suddenly they have the best fans. Give Still, me a break. They, I would kill if I were not a Leafs fan to have fans like the Habs fans because they actually care. I, this I, is this I, is why you don't riot until you win the cup. You don't riot in the semis and try to flip cars because you look like an idiot when you don't bring the cup home. Guys, I think we can all acknowledge that Hockey fans in Montreal are more passionate and hardcore about the game than hockey fans in Tampa in general. Without a doubt. So it's almost like comparing apples to oranges. But you're right, Dev. Like, wouldn't he be happy if his fans were as engaged as uh, fans in Montreal? Engaged! <laughs>
The more fires, the more engaged your fans are. Caught committed. (laughs) Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. And during his shirtless, drunken (laughs) post-game press conference, uh, Nikita Kucherov was chirping how fans in Montreal had been reacting during the series. I didn't want to go back to Montreal, but they acted. The fans in Montreal, come on, they acted like they won the Stanley Cup last game. Are you kidding me? So we're calling down to Tampa to see how the fans there reacted. Mm-hmm. See if people in Tampa even care if they even know that their hockey team won the Stanley Cup last night. We're calling Waffle Houses, and this is the Waffle House. That is closest to the uh, arena where the Bolts play. Let's see how they're doing down there. Waffle House, wish me this is Janet. I'm going to help you. Good morning, Waffle House. How's everything in Tampa today? Good. Congratulations on the big game. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the lightning game. Yeah, the Lightning won the Stanley Cup last night, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We're calling from Canada, and there's some talk up here that people in Florida don't care about hockey. We're just wondering if that's true. Uh, no. People do love hockey here. We're actually really excited that they won. <laughs> what was the party like after the game last night? Is it Was there chaos down there near your Waffle House? Um, well, I don't know. I didn't work last night. Okay. But you didn't hear anything? Is, that, is there anyone in the restaurant right now wearing a Tampa Bay Lightning shirt or jersey? Um, Maybe with a beard? At the moment, no. I don't see anybody. Okay. But you didn't hear anything about fans getting out of control and flipping over cars or lighting fires? Well, I didn't know. Because that's how they celebrate in Montreal when they win. So oh, okay. we just wanted to see if it was the same thing down there in Tampa. Oh, I'm not so sure, Seth. You know, to be good sports, we thought we'd call you from up here in the Great White North and say congratulations on back-to-back wins. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Have a good day. I appreciate you too, hon. Yes, she called us hon. <laughs> just like every waitress at every diner in the United States should. They are legally obligated to say so. <laughs> The only thing better would have been if she said, kiss my grits. <laughs> kiss my grits. Hun. Hun. Got my second shot yesterday, Jim. Oh, yeah? Nice. The uh, Which one? I'm double-dosed with funky cold Moderna. <laughs> right on. How do you feel? Good. Oh, it's tough because you're, you're kind of like searching for something. You know what I mean? You know you got the vaccination and... And you're you're thinking about it. You're like, oh, because you hear some people have said, oh, when I got my second shot, it was it really knocked me on my ass. Mm-hmm. It was way worse than my first shot. Oh, I, I felt fine from other people. So you're not sure where you're going to land on the spectrum. So you're kind of every little thing you're focusing on. You're like, oh, here it comes. This yeah, is it. Searching for it. Uh, I, do I have a headache right now? I think I might have a headache. Does it, it tickle in my throat? <laughs> My arm is sore again. I, my first shot, my arm was a little bit sore. Um, and it's it's about the same this time. Only if I raise it up over my head, I can kind of feel the injection site. So it, it, did you go to like a clinic or a pharmacy to get your first shot? It was an arena. Yeah, this is the same sort of thing. I went to a clinic yesterday and kudos to everyone working at these places because it's a well-oiled machine. 
after your shot, you have to wait for 15 minutes mm-hmm. before you leave. I think I was probably in there 25 minutes total. Like, it was in and out, and there was tons of people uh, uh, getting through and getting uh, vaccinated. But uh, in the little waiting room, after I, I received the needle, you're sitting in this large area, socially distanced, in a little, like, school chair. Yeah, yeah. They give you a name tag with a time on it that you can leave. Yeah, you're just, everyone's just watching the clock. Yeah. And and when it hits your time, I think I was 12.10 yesterday afternoon, I was allowed to leave. So I'm waiting for, for 12.10 to roll around. But they had this TV set up with a, a woman on it who was doing um, post-vaccination exercises. <coughs> Like, almost like yoga stuff where you push your hands together and then you raise them over your head and almost break dance moves. <laughs> yeah. The wave? Yeah, you do yeah. the wave or you put your lock your fingers together and you move your arms back and forth. And I was watching it and I wanted to do it, but no one else was doing it. Well, yeah, because you look like you're a child watching Sesame Street. I, I would have looked like a crazy person. So. <laughs> Because I, I, I knew my arm got sore the first time. I was like, oh, maybe if I did these exercises, it would help. So I, I did a couple of them, like, uh, subtly. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to putting your arms fully over your head, I started to put my arms up. And then I... Just pretend you were yawning. Yeah, <laughs> pretended it, it was a yawn because it looked like I was in grade five asking a question yeah. to the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad I got it done, man. You know, it, it feels good to know that... Uh, I, I'm vaxxed to the max here. The one regret I have is we didn't get anything on top of our vaccinations like so many people, especially down in the United States, where everyone's getting bribed. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're getting, free beer. Yeah, free appetizers at mm-hmm. your favorite restaurant. Going to a lottery to like win a million bucks or something. Here's an IT company in the States. They have a, a draw going on Ooh. for employees that get vaccinated. Listen to this. At Lidos, we're encouraging our employees to get vaccinated against COVID-19. To help make this possible, today we're launching an exciting initiative for our U.S.-based team. The Lidos $1 million Move the Needle Sweepstakes. Ten lucky employees will win a year's salary. That means we're giving away at least $1 million in total. Nice, huh? That's amazing. A bonus year's salary if you get vaccinated. That's the CEO of Lidos, Roger Crone. And I'm sure employees are thinking, Roger, can we win your salary? <laughs> yeah, your bonus structure? Because I think Ohio, like the whole state of Ohio also had a lottery. There's a couple oh, yeah. ways to win a million bucks here. I know. All I got was a sore arm. <laughs> <laughs> and peace of mind. Sure. So. <laughs> But a year's salary on top of it, some appetizers and a beer would have been nice. Do you get the year salary and then not have to come to work, too? That'd that be would nice. be sweet. The year off? You can choose. You can either take the year off or you can get double salary. Huh? Tempting. You'd, you'd go double salary, though. Why wouldn't you? I would personally, but I don't know what kind of job. I mean, if you hated your job, you might take the option. Yeah. Well, we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> we get nothing. It's not happening within our company. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or... 
subscribe, keep downloading the podcast, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.